Hi, I'm Desiree, and this is Shargal Love Stories. We are going in deep today, right off the bat, with the one and only anime Alapayo, also known as Mai Mai. For those of you who don't already know her, Mai Mai is a pro surfer here in Shargao. She's won all of these shortboard championships. She was one of the seven athletes chosen to represent the Philippines at the World Surfing Games in Japan to qualify for the Olympics. And she just takes barrels like a boss. You have to see her. She also has a surf school called Ulepsiam, which means Cloud Nine, dedicated to her brothers who live with mental health disorders. And she uses her influence as a platform to educate others about mental health. I wanted to bring her on the podcast because even at the very young age of 22 years old, she is just so wise and emotionally intellectual beyond her years. I just always love our conversations together. We, I admire her so much and not just because she's this fierce charger on the waves, but also there's this softness and calm energy and pensiveness to her that makes her so dynamic, uh, so layered as a human slash mermaid. <laughs> in this episode, we talk about vulnerability in and out of the water. Vulnerability has been one of the biggest buzzwords in the past couple years, especially in North America. But in the Philippines, it's hardly ever talked about in the context of life and relationships. I'm so excited to share this with you. So let's get into it. My, 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 my is in the house. How are you, my love? <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm good as new. Yeah. How are you feeling these days? Very motivated. Mm-hmm. I think I'm better. Like, I would say I'm happier than I was last year. Really? It's a new year, so I should, like, start the vibe. Yeah, I was going to say it's a new year and it's almost been one year exactly since the pandemic so I wanted to check in just recap what 2020 was like for you I think well it's different there was two things where I found the uh person that I'm looking for Mm -hmm. (laughs) so which is my boyfriend yeah it's weird but this pandemic made me find a boyfriend um it's quite like different i was happy within the pandemic with when you when you find the right person i think you feel like you're in a different place so i didn't really see it but also i saw it you get Mm it yeah like i also felt stuck i feel like i wasn't creative and motivated enough but my boyfriend is very creative so with the pandemic he's doing a lot not like any other people during pandemic, you're going to stay at home, you know, sleep a lot mm-hmm. enough to um, get enough food and stuff. But my boyfriend was reading books and doing some projects and, you know, he's very creative. So he kind of like influenced me in that way that you know, even if the world is slowing down and stopping, you yourself should not stop. You should start, um, you know, 
keep moving. You just have to keep moving. So that's what I've been. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I kind of want to like talk about how we met before because it's like I remember it so vividly and (laughs) (laughs) oh my god those times yeah yeah I I was I saw the friendship in you I saw you like you know we didn't even like hey how are you what's your name we didn't we just clicked and we went to the dance floor (laughs) (laughs) we met at Zicatella first or maybe yeah yeah I think think, yeah we had a we had a margarita <laughs> that was that was nice. Yeah, I remember. So I think I was already following you on Instagram. So I knew who you were, and I was like girl crushing, like fangirl, because you know I just see that you're just this like crazy charger, you know. So my impression of you in the very beginning, it's like, why are you so small? <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, my. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, man, this girl's so fierce. You know, she's just a strong powerhouse of a woman, you know, all of this stuff. And then I, I don't know if it was that night or the night after we went to uh, Harana. Yeah. And that was, the night. that was the night. And it was so, it was just like the shift in my mind because we would be drinking or sipping on like, Espresso martinis, talking so deeply about relationships, breakups. There's music blaring in the in the background, like people crazy dancing, partying, and where we were just like in this tunnel vision of like talking about you know our hearts so fully. And I'm like not really that open, such off the bat, but I think you brought it out of me. And then the funny part was when a good song would come on and both of us would just be like, hold on a second, hold on a second. And we'd be like dancing so crazy, like real hard. And then we'd come back and it's like, so back to what we were saying. (laughs) (laughs) But I was pouring my heart that time because that was the time where I like went home and I'm like, you know what, this guy break my heart and stuff like this. Like I was the one who was really like so vulnerable that time because I don't really drink. Mm-hmm. And I think by drinking, I felt like I was very honest and like super open. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because you were, you were drinking. Yeah. And you were just like listening to me and like, and, and then staring that's staring deep into your eyes. Yeah. That's the time I realized that, okay, so this is a person that I don't need to explain a lot more mm-hmm. and you already like understand. So yeah, that was fun. That was so much fun. I just love balancing that energy um, I know that so I don't know if a lot of people know this about you but you're a Pisces and so that's a it's a water sign you're just like literally a water baby and so for people who don't know what a Pisces is it's described as this kind of a dreamer it's a healer the Pisces energy awakens compassion imagination uh, artistry and it dissolves the boundaries that divide us It also says that, you know, Pisces is very romantic and wise and the Pisces energy lures you into its depths. You're talking about yourself? I'm talking about (laughs) you. You're also Pisces. But it can also leave you, it says, drowning in an emotion ocean. Wow. (laughs) So I want to know. Literally, that's very true. Is that very true? I want to know how you think of that and like, do you connect with that? Yeah. I think the part that, you know, we're drowning in the ocean. We give so much that we forget about ourselves. 
mm. like selfless, you know, mm-hmm. like we have to give everything what we got. We're not like, oh, self-love first, blah, blah, blah. No, we like, we give everything, you know, mm-hmm. if we like something, we give everything. But if we don't want something, we don't, we're like all or nothing. <laughs> we're not in between. In everything you do, in your yeah. relationships and yes. in what you do. Yes. What was your experience like growing up in Shargao? I think it was, um, I wasn't really growing up with my mom and my family or entire family. I was usually out with friends, which are um, Filipina American. And they talk about um, businesses. I know we're still young, but we do. So that kind kind of like influenced me to socialize and to be confident, you know, mm-hmm. to speak and communicate with mm-hmm. others. So as we all know that Shargao is um, a tourist spot, you know, everyone comes and go and variety of people from different culture. So from talking to them, I think I felt like the way how they share their stories from, you know, every day I would meet a lot of people. So I kind of feel that as a mastermind or like a Pisces thing, we can feel what a person feels like. So I think from that experience, from collaborating with people, talking to people and experiencing uh, emotion myself was part of part of it, like part of my knowledge and experience here. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's almost like you're so much more worldly or and like you've experienced already so much. When did you start? surfing and when did you start surfing professionally and what was that journey like i was usually um just a normal kid school go home school go home you know and my brother was the one who's a professional surfer who was like traveling all the way to indonesia for asian championship he was the one and um he actually taught me how to surf when i was eight years old exactly of course, at first time I liked it because he wanted me to like it. But at the end of the day, I almost died. <laughs> so I was crying. I was literally how old were you? Crying. Eight years old. And he, and he brought me all the way to Cloud Nine, which is like, dude. And you would go to Cloud Nine, which is the eight best waves in the world. In the peak. So I felt like I, it was the end of my life. I cried so much. And I really hated him. I was like, in a way that. That was like a death of me, you know. You were so young. I was in a trauma. I kind of like for- forgot about surfing. Like I, I stopped. Eventually, um, it's because in Chagao, there's not much um, options of sports. Of course, everyone go to school and then after that, you're going surfing. So I went surfing again. <laughs> and yeah, I kind of felt like was because of my friends. Everyone was laughing, everyone was having fun. So I kind of feel that maybe it was the sports. So was there a moment where like, a, there was a switch that happened that you were like, okay, now I love this. Yes. Um, it was like, the remember the first time I started surfing? I really had that feeling, um, a good ride. That's why I wanted to do it. I really had a good wave 
before that uh, wipeout that I feel like it was, I was released. Like it was something in life that wasn't controlling me. Because, you know, as a kid, oh, you should go to sleep. You should go study. You should, but in surfing, I felt like I was happy that moment. I felt like that was life. That was life about. That's what life was. About. Yeah. Yeah. So I had that feeling over and over again after that wipeout when I started, you know, to like it. And then um, I started competing. It's weird, but I did. And At eight years old. No, that was like later, 9, 10, 11, 12. I'm not really good at math, so. <laughs> 9, 10, 11, 12. Four years after. <laughs> um, four years after, I managed to win on the national. My first competition, I managed to go on national comps. And yeah, in the final. So that's how I started. That's how my life started. Everyone know about me. It's a national comp. So I was on stage. You know, this is anime in the bio. The next generation has what decide. Okay, I want to talk about vulnerability. <laughs> I'm of like, we're, we're just going to jump into that. Um, and what it is to you, I mean, so I think this is, this is like my topic. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> so it's, it's funny, right? Because but it's very helpful. So I've always wanted to share this. That's crazy that you got this. Um, well, you know what? It's, it's funny because I think we mentioned this and we talked about it before we talked about vulnerability and I, and the way you spoke on it how there is so much strength in vulnerability. And then I said, oh my God, like, so you know about Brené Brown and you were like, who's Brené Brown? <laughs> and <laughs> I, gotta tell I can't you, remember too. No, still. but I got to tell you, Brené Brown, she is a researcher and she has done 20 years of research and data on vulnerability <laughs> and shame. And she talks about the definition of vulnerability being the emotion we experience in times of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. And the funny part is that you just spoke about it as if you already knew what this was, which was funny. And then, and you know, I mean, I want to know what and how you feel about vulnerability. Vulnerability is, um, for me, it's like you have to show your soft part to feel like you're a human, you know, because being strong, you know, you go out in this world and say that you're strong, you're strong. Like everybody else says that for you, you know, but for me, that's where my strength come, comes from. I feel like having this moment was actually going into yourself inside of who you are. It feels like knowing yourself. What Brené Brown was saying before was how vulnerability is the birthplace of courage and courage simply doesn't exist without it. And courage actually comes from the Latin word cur, which means heart. So 
the original definition is to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. It's like finding that courage to be imperfect. And I want to know, is there room for vulnerability? Is there space for vulnerability, especially in the surfing world for you? This is a good question. Uh, a lot of surfers right now, they don't really show their weak side because, mm. you know, we all want to win and we want to look strong in the, in the eyes of people. I, I myself, I don't really show it, but for some reasons in the moment where I lost, I felt like I really did my best. I really, I really give everything, you know, and still it's not the best. For me, I, I felt like I just, in no time, I, I'm going to cry and like, you know, I remember those moments where I've lost in competitions. I feel like for five seconds, I wanted to cry and feel that moment, you know, feel the loss. Having that feeling is rare and super powerful that it would, it's such a destruction of your entire being because it's, it's like, it's like something thrown at you, you know, that you're not ready for, mm. that everyone is scared of. But by this, I think, no, it's not that I think I'm, I'm sure. By this, having this um, experience, it is what they say that after this, you are stronger than what you were from that day. There's no room, I would say, but we have the room for that at home, not in uh, the outside. You get it? Not in yeah. the crowd. Not in the crowd. We don't do that in the crowd. But we go home and, you know. It's like almost an inward thing. I mean, I get what you're saying because it's almost like you have to protect yourself against vulnerability, but you kind of use it as a strength in some way, right? Yeah. Like, because I know you, I know that you're like this very emotionally intelligent person, like a feeling person. And... I know like when I did my personal training session with you, when I was doing my first, you know, my, my, yeah. um, training, I don't think I've ever had any experience like this because I've had like about like five or so different types of surf instructors from around the world, helping me to like, you know, teach me how to surf and do breaks like in Costa Rica, Nicaragua, like Portugal. And I've never had anyone teach like you do. Um, because you kept talking about feeling the wave and you kept talking about, you know, smiling with the wave, embodying the wave. And I've never had anyone teach me like that. And it kind of, it changed the way how I surf because it was like, I was, I felt so much more connected. I felt so much more connected with myself and my intuition. I mean, it was so different. And that's what I'm talking about when, when I talk about vulnerability, because I do see you as the epitome of this strong, you know, woman with a softness. And it almost allows you to surf better because it's like this, a, a different type of energy than just the tough man ex exterior. That's like macho man. I'm going to take off on these waves. You know, how do you balance out that fierceness and that badassery with that, with that vulnerability and with those emotions? Um, in surfing and in life, like in life, how, you know, 
you balance out that. I think it could be two ways in a way that if you are too tough, you know, as a person, I think you, you are not going to be able to communicate with others because, you know, they will look at you like, oh my God, they don't uh, meet your energy. So the thing about, um, vulnerability, I think the soft side is kind of like, it's like, you know, when it's like, there's a typhoon and then it comes down. Mm. That's when two people needs to communicate together. That even a different type of person, when it comes to um, vulnerability, they can meet together at the same um, energy level. So, for example, when it comes to surfing, you have to be tough because surfing is an extreme sport. But when it comes to relationship or like in life with your family and friends, you have to connect with them just like in the wave, you know. You don't just be first and, you know, this is who I am, this is my title. No, in life it's different. You have to use these two things in, in, in like, um, in a, how do you say it? It's like you have to use it in the right way. In a good way. Know when to be first and know when to be vulnerable. Why is it, why do you think that it is so hard, especially for men to feel vulnerable? I mean, when they're a kid, you know, they're being taught to, uh, you know, you're, you're a guy, you should, you're a man, you know, you're going to grow up like a big man. You're not going to cry. You're, no guy would, should cry, you know, that's how they, you know, that's how they were taught. Even until now. Even with my boyfriend, I never saw him cry. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's hard for them because they feel that be they're being judged ever since when they were a kid, you know. And then they brought it up until they grow up, you know. Why would you cry? Are you weak? You know, that's a theory in life that if a guy cries, he's weak. And then, you know, a guy, they always want to be masculine and be tough, you know. In a relationship, of course, if a guy's vulnerable, it helps a lot to communicate with each other. It's just hard because they were, they grow up as if they use, they are the one who's gonna be dominant. They should That's be. That's the role that they yeah, want to yeah, they, think that they have to play. They protect the woman and they have to be tough. But in chess, it's different. The king is protected by a queen. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so by this um, uh, perception is that the queen knows already that no matter what, you know, she always protects the king. So it depends on, a, I think it depends on, on how a woman believes. It also depends on the intellect of each person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the only way to adjust and the only way to communicate in any other forms of relationship is the vulnerability. I mean, it also sucks too, because I feel like we, even as women, were also raised to believe or to fall into... We were too dramatic. Yeah, well, no, and to, we're also raised to believe that we should fall into those already 
you know, patriarchal kind of male dominated mentality where it's like, if you don't cry, then you are stronger. Do you know what I mean? Like for me, oh my goodness, like in all of my twenties, I would like never allow myself to cry. Like you told me about this. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I would literally give myself like, I will cry once a year <laughs> and today will be the day. And, and to me, I thought like, you know, that's like feminine power. I'm like, I am, you know, being this person who's strong, like a feminist, strong woman, because I'm not crying and I'm not going to let people see my emotions. What I realized you sound and, like me. and what I came to terms with was that, It's actually the complete opposite. And I'm falling into almost the sexism that is around that. So it was like me thinking I'm being all feminist because I'm strong. But really, I was falling into this male, like this kind of patriarchal notion that I was not allowed to cry. Like I... Yeah. If I don't cry, then I will be stronger and I will be more manly. Yeah. So it was literally the most opposite thinking. And I just, I just realized that before, but I mean, I don't know if you can, I I feel like you could definitely relate because. Yes. Like I've always tried to hold up my feelings and emotions when it's too much, because I feel like maybe I'm just overreacting. Maybe I'm just too emotional. You know, I have to be more strong. Maybe I'm just too sensitive. That's what I hear, you know, from my head myself. The thing is, I think being vulnerable is acknowledging to be a human. You know, to be a human is, you, of course, you have um, emotions. You have to feel it. And the advantage of being vulnerable is for you to f- feel the pain that, you know, for sometimes you need to feel what hurts and you need to face it. That's that's the strength. The strength. Cr- because the people who are, are not strong enough, they don't want to be vulnerable. So that's the opposite of what you're saying. Me as myself, if I am vulnerable, I would see myself as the strongest woman in the world. Mm. If I see a guy who's vulnerable, he could be the strongest man in the world for me. In, in, in life, being vulnerable is too dramatic, too sensitive. You're weak. But no. For me, it is different it is the opposite way being vulnerable is a strength it's a courage it's the same with guys mm-hmm. i i think that i'm just only starting to realize that now that it takes so much courage to really just allow yourself to be so open and so exposed yes. that now whenever i see a guy really talking about how he truly feels and really letting himself out there. Like, it's just like, whoa, like that's crazy. It like becomes, it does become more of a strength. And like, just to go back to what Brene says before, it's like, you can't like, we numb, like as a society, we numb vulnerability. (laughs) Right. She says that like, you can't selectively numb the bad emotions. Like you can't, you can't be like, okay, I'm going to numb fear. I'm going to numb shame disappointment and then selectively also numb the good stuff which is joy gratitude happiness you have to have it all like to be vulnerable is to experience this range of emotions that 
interconnect and intersect and go in and out of you because that's what really makes you full. Like it makes you human. It makes you like this whole person to be able to experience that. And for me, for the longest time, I was just so afraid to experience sadness and heartbreak that I would literally not allow myself to like date a man or that I actually really liked or loved because I'm like, yo, that guy's going to break my effing heart. I'm just going to stop it right here. That's and part it, of living actually being mm-hmm. vulnerable. Exactly that. And that's why I, I don't know. It's like, you know, to feel vulnerable means that I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's kind of like this, like all my relationships are two years. It's, it's just sad in a way that I'm going to be in a relationship and then, you know, I'll be doing it for two years and then off. So first boyfriend, second boyfriend, hopefully with this third boyfriend, I actually, we, we make a joke that, okay, so my contract with you would be one year, two years. <laughs> You know what? It's it's a joke now, but I actually think that that's a really good idea because it's like you make a commitment to set those milestones for yeah. yourself. Has there been like these personal um, struggles or at the same time milestones of like personal growth and learning from this relationship, especially during a pandemic? Yes, yes. So what, as as I have mentioned earlier that um, you know, with this pandemic, everyone stopped businesses, um, restaurants, accommodations, everything stopped. No jobs, no work with the pandemic. But I think I was, I told you, right? With the pandemic, I had a, I, I, I have a boyfriend. I, I met my boyfriend. So I think what I was busy. So what I was busy with the pandemic, I know I stopped, but at the same time, I was also doing great in relationship i was getting better at it you know i'm learning mm. so that's the only thing i Tell can say how <laughs> <laughs> well i think Tell us all. <laughs> <laughs> i think having a strong relationship because we're we're almost having an anniversary right it's like past but yeah um having a strong relationship needs a strong independent woman so i didn't oh. know that you know mm-hmm. i thought you know love is enough and as long as you love the person you would be you know be together for the rest of your life forever eternity and beyond but no in reality in my in my experience you have to be independent with or without anyone and this relationship would work oh love it so that's what i've learned like you can be with someone only if you can be with yourself. Absolutely. I think that, you know, there's this whole thing about people being like 
overly dependent on someone. Mm-hmm. But I think that dependability, dependability is actually, it's good if you're both, like, like we were saying, if you're both so independent, if you're, if you depend on each other so much, then you can be independent within that dependency. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like, it's like, because I depend on you so much, I can be free to do whatever I want because I know that you will always be there. Mm-hmm. There's a person there that I can rely on. Yes. That now I'm able to do my own shit. Like I can do, I can be free and be independent on my own and do my own stuff, my personal growth within that, the confidence of being in this really stable relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I well, love it. My, my. Is it true what they say, like the type of man or relationship that you like is similar to the type of wave that you like? I have this theory that it's like, oh my God, is it true about the wave type? How do you get this question? This is, well, because (laughs) I I have a theory that because when I go surfing with some of my friends, they... (laughs) (laughs) Their wave is so different from the wave that I like. Okay. So for example, I love like Salvation waves. I love, you think that it's mellow and big and like, but really it could be like really wild and like crazy, (laughs) but super fun and unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it was based on your experience. But, and that's the type, like, I feel feel like like it was true. Like that's the type of guy. Like I'm not like a stimpy girl that's like, really gonna crush you down it really makes sense oh my god it really makes sense (laughs) it makes sense right and and so i'm saying like my friend she loves giwan waves fast you know super fast it'll just kind of like toss you around (laughs) it looks small but so terrible small but spicy (laughs) she kind of actually liked smaller guys too (laughs) but I would test this theory and it's like, oh my God. Like, oh my God, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like you like that type of crazy psycho relationship. <laughs> yes. And I like kind of, but I do like the fun, but mellow, you're a little bit romantic. big. Yes. Sebastian's very romantic. Very like yes. sunset. Yes. Beautiful vibes, you yeah. know? So. Yes, I can agree to that because I feel like, um, my boyfriend and I, with Mark, he's very way overhead <laughs> than me. We are like <laughs> six years gap, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we grew up different differently. I grew up in an island. He grew up to the best schools in the world. In France. Yes. So he's very tough. <laughs> and um, he's very tough in know the things so I think that was it like when I'm gonna be choosing a wave it would be the set which is the biggest one and then the biggest one of course is the worst (laughs) you mean the first um it's a set it means that's the set it means the biggest and the huge the largest (laughs) wave of all you want the of the day okay so I think that Mark is very superior and he's just totally the opposite person of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like in surfing, when I'm going to be surfing, I'm so small. And then I'm going to catch the set. 
I'm going to wait for the biggest one. I mean, even the way I'm, I remember talking to you about this before when you talk about wiping out. Yes. Do you remember that conversation you had about wiping out? And you said that it was like a dance with your loved one. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is synchronized. And in my mind, I was like, that is not my experience. <laughs> the way you described it, you were like, you release yourself in the deepest surrender and you just like go with it. Can, can you describe what it's like when you wipe okay, out yes, on a yes, big yes. wave in cloud nine? Okay. <laughs> um, a lot of people would, would of course see it as if, oh my God, it's massive and it's super, you know, super huge and I'm going to die or something. But I think I see it as a, that time on my biggest surf in cloud nine when, where nobody was. I kind of saw it as if there was a music going into my body, my entire system, looking at the ocean. When other people wiped out from a wave, I re- I can really like sense themselves as if like they have the fear of dying. But for me, being under the water is like surrendering for me. Surrendering for me would be letting go. Letting go of um, whatever you feel tensions in your body. It's like meditating. You feel nothing. So in life, we feel that we're burnt out. Mm. You know, you hate what is happening to you. Surrendering is letting go of those tensions where you feel afar from those, where you see yourself as yourself, as the kindest, best person a happy person, happy version of yourself, like the best version of yourself. So that was surrendering for me, was letting go of the things that you don't need. Surrender is a huge word for when I think about yoga. I mean, it and meditation, because it's almost as if your mind goes into this state of just release and just really allowing and it's a huge part of vulnerability too because you're just surrendering to whatever emotion you have Mm -hmm. and sometimes us being kind of these the strong you know having this armor type women there's always a pushback when we feel a certain type of emotion that makes us uncomfortable for example if we're you know if we're sad right? Like in my mind, I'm always saying, I'm not sad. I'm not sad. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to go out. I'm, I'm not, I'm that's, that's fine. It's fine. Whatever happened, it's cool. But instead of allowing the sadness to just come over me, you know, it's, I have this need to stifle it instead of allowing it to just pass, you know, and surrendering to that sadness. In this relationship now, how are you practicing that whole surrendering? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's being the person who will understand first. So if you're waiting for your partner to understand, you surrender. (laughs) You surrender and be the first person to understand. There's this quote that I love so much and it kind of made me uh, think about you. And the quote is from Young Pueblo, who's this writer amazing, beautiful writer. 
He says, throw away the idea that you need control in a relationship to feel loved and secure. What you really need is a partner who can match your level of communication and commitment. If you can understand each other and willingly meet in the middle, your happiness will be supported. And that's exactly what you said. It's that communication and that commitment to understanding each other, especially if there's, you know, barriers of communication or even language differences. There's when and when you talk about this to me, it almost feels like there's a patience from both ends, from you and him. You know, you're just willing to just understand each other and and recognize where each other is coming from and I think that's where the surrender comes from Mm -hmm. like surrendering is definitely finding a way to really understand because no matter what as a woman we find it too complicated to understand them the only way to do it is to really you know let go and surrender yourself that in any way you have to go on his side to understand on his side not like Okay, so this is my perception and this is what you're telling me and this is how I feel. Yeah. This is my instinct. This is what happened. And it is not always true with your perceptions. The thing is you have to feel, go in a shoe to surrender yourself, to surrender what you've known and understand him. Because that's the only way because they're not, I don't think men will do it for us. So we will be the one, you know. Yeah. But there also has to be that balance too, because you also want to create boundaries for yourself. Like it always can't be like. Then you need to be good at things. You need to be good (laughs) at explaining things because they're very, I don't know, they're just complicated. Like no matter what, I mean, I practice. Find that way and think of possibilities. Whatever he's saying, you need to understand every word, you know. Yeah. Like you really have to find a way to understand this partner of yours mm-hmm. because in the end you, you will really not understand each other if not even one of you understands. Mm-hmm. My, my, I just want to say thank you so much for this conversation. I'm glad that you, you know, I just, I love talking to you. You know that. And you can go on forever. <laughs> I hope it makes sense because a lot of people's, It don't make sense. (laughs) It makes sense to me. And I think it will make sense to a lot of people. And you'll connect with a lot of people who feel this way, but don't know how to to articulate it. And you've you've done it so well. So thank you. I love you. I love your energy. I love your presence. And sana on. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to everyone for tuning into our very first episode If this podcast resonated with you and you feel compelled to support our work and the guests on the show, please feel free to donate through the link in our bio. Half of the proceeds for this particular episode will go directly towards Mai Mai's surf school, Ulabsham, and half will go towards the production of Shargao Love Stories. Thank you to my good friend Chris of Free the Robots who created the intro and outro track entitled Daku, which I love so much. Also, a big thanks to the lovely Quincy Alivio, who created our beautiful logo and all of the artwork. Tune in again next week for episode two. It's a bit of a tearjerker, so get ready. Sending lots of light and love from Shargao. Bye for now. Bye.